This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being the good football team. Three-step drop, throws all the end zone. Caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. A yeah. win and an amazing uh, trip to Germany. First of all, just biggest takeaways uh, on the team's performance looking back at that game. A lot of energy. Uh, they came out with energy. They played the whole game with energy. They played the whole game fast. They played the whole game like they were rested. Uh, proud of the effort. Yeah, which is saying something considering they'd flown all the way over to Germany to say that they came out with that kind of energy is even more impressive than normal. And did it have a different feeling in the locker room maybe after the Rams game and then especially after this game? Does it feel like something has uh, changed in terms of the vibe around the team? In this game, the energy in the crowd was so loud and so electric. I think it just got everybody pumped up. The vibe that they came out to play with the energy and carried it in the locker room. I thought that was different for us, you know, to have a two-game streak going into the bye was very important for us going forward. And they start playing and believing in each other. Do games like this carry over, or by the time the next game comes around, especially with a bye week, does it not necessarily have as much of that snowball momentum effect? I don't think it has a snowball momentum. I think it gives you confidence. I think we know what we have to do going forward to run the table at the end of the season. And it gives the effort and the belief a lot stronger. And I know that by, I think, midway through the second quarter, you guys had already passed your season average of rushing yards. Um, what worked so well on specifically the run game? Are, we, are you lobbying for every game to be in Germany at this point? <laughs> No, I don't want to take that trip, number one. I, I think the offensive line did a great job, and they, they came out being very physical, and they stayed with it, and they were getting a hat on the hat, and I thought Rashad and Leonard did a great job running the football. Even Sneak had a great third down catch to move the chains for us, but going unnoticed was the receivers blocking down the field between Julio, Mike, and Chris. They were doing a great job get turning a five-yard play into a 10-yard play, and I thought that was important. And what did you see from the offensive line, uh, not just from the, the run game, but how they kept Brady clean and, and in the pass game? Well, hat on the hat. When you get the run game going, you make people indecisive. So that opens up the pocket for the passing game. And we were able to get behind them for some big plays. And that was a credit to the offensive line, taking care of the pocket and keeping them clean and establishing the run game. So looking at uh, Leonard and Rashad's game, well, first of all, we saw Rashad came out uh, getting the first reps out there. How much was that uh, because of the Lenny passport uncertainty of if he was going to make the trip, and how much was that about game plan? It was just game plan. You know, going out in certain packages, they all have certain plays. We started with Rashad's package, so Rashad went out first. And this was his first over 100-yard game. And tell us what specifically you saw from Rashad that, yes, we know what the offensive line did, but what were the things you saw him do that really set him apart this game? Well, he does it in practice. You know, he has the most uncanny way of setting up his blockers and letting the hole develop and then seeing the hole and scooting right through it. He can, he can do those things. He has a knack for that. You can't teach that. That's something that you're... You have to get over time and you either develop in high school or college and he has a very good knack of always creating the right 
space for the offensive line and creating a hole for himself to run through, and we thought that was very good. I know myself and everyone that I was sitting around at the game, when he threw that stiff arm, we got really fired up. What was your reaction in the moment when you saw that? <laughs> it was great that he can be physical. Usually guys from Arizona don't come out that physical, <laughs> but he, Arizona State, but he, he did a heck of a job right there finishing runs and he runs angry so he learned something from Leonard. This is what I love that even when a guy makes an amazing play you find ways to throw some shade in there with your smack talk ability. I think that's a very <laughs> impressive thing. I enjoy that. I don't know if it's shade. It's just more or less <laughs> keeping them grounded. Yeah, don't let him get too high. Less. Never let him get too high. Um, and then uh, how about Lenny's game and first of all how's his health after being ruled out midway through the game and uh, his availability moving forward? We'll see about next week. He has a week to get healthy, so it's a hip pointer. We'll see how much treatment takes care of that, and we'll reevaluate next week. So we'll go from there. Yeah, and what did you see from his performance before he went out of the game? Lenny was tough as well. He, he got some good inside runs. He had 15 carries for 47 yards, about 4.1 a carry. I think both of them were on the way to a good ball game. And I know that this was the first touchdown scored for Chris Godwin since coming back from his ACL and Julio Jones' first touchdown as a Buccaneer as well. Um, take us through maybe both of those scores and what those guys did so well. well. It was good for Julio because once he caught it, you saw the acceleration. You know, you saw him run. I mean, he was really running. So that was great to see. And he stayed healthy the entire game for Chris. His injury getting better and better. He looks 100% now. He's out there doing everything he's been doing before he got hurt, and you're just happy to see it. To have a game with Mike, Chris, Julio all out there looking like healthy versions of themselves the whole game, did you feel like you got a chance to see what the plan had kind of always been for what this offense could look like in the way that the trio of them out there together can influence what the defense is forced to do? Hopefully you want it to start to click. Obviously the run game and the pass game feed off of each other. Having those guys out there always helps, but they're starting to gel at the right time. I know we had talked so much about the situational football, specifically you know with offense, third downs and red zone. In this game, you're 10 of 15 on third downs and two of three in the red zone. What specifically worked well in those scenarios this game? We had third and manageable yards. You know, at least seven third downs were either three or less. So when you get seven third downs from one to three yards, you have a very good chance of making them. Biggest reason in your mind that this game had as many 80-plus yard drives as you'd had the whole season leading up to this point. Was it? Was there one thing you think you can point to as to why the drives were sustained longer this game? The offensive line. Mm. I think they played a good ball game. I think they kept them clean. I think they opened holes up. And I think they did a great job, and they were a big reason why. Are we moving Tom Brady to wide receiver moving forward? <laughs> <laughs> Not even in a five-year-old under league. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, he, he sent out a tweet saying he felt like if he just hadn't slipped on the turf that he'd have, he'd have mossed him, that he was ready to just go up over the top, take it out. You're, you're saying you don't, you don't know that you have picture seen, that. I have seen the vertical. He has a great vertical, and I've seen him at the combine, and he goes to the top of the, of the verticality yes. chart when he does the sheet. Now, he has a trampoline when he does it, but he <laughs> <laughs> we can just get him out there, then, then we're he good does. to go on that front. Uh, so outside of his attempt at wide receiver, uh, tell us what you saw from Brady's performance in the game. I thought he had great command. Uh, the pocket was clean for him. He made some outstanding throws down the field. Obviously, the run game set up some of the passes that we had, and 
you know, he engineered the game, I thought, perfectly for the most part. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Um, let's talk a little bit about the defense now. Holding Walker to 17 yards on 10 carries. We had talked before this game about how impressive he'd looked so far this season. Uh, what do you credit that to, and, and how exciting was that for you to see this defense get back to the kind of run-stopping that you'd become known for? I think the defensive line, Akeem Hicks helped with a lot of that. You know, having him back in the lineup when the second week healthy with Vita, and the outside backers understanding that the corners tackled as well. We think he's one of the better backs in the league. Obviously, it started with him. We thought if we took him away, they'd have a hard time getting down the field because they couldn't do both. You know, when they can do both, they are dangerous because of all the talent they have outside. But Walker is a heck of a back. And for us to do that with him, you know, it says a lot about the guy's preparation. We heard about how Devin White lost his dad basically as you guys were about to get on the plane to go to Germany. Um, first of all, just what was that like for you to go through as a coach, how you tried to handle that and help him as his coach in that moment to, to make some of the transitions from dealing with something so heavy emotionally to being on the field and, and just going through that process with him? It's tough, you know, it's kind of like the third guy this year that, that had one of their parents pass away. So. It's hard because Devin's such an emotional guy and he's an emotional leader, but being around the team and the teammates have helped him out a great deal. I think Levante helps him out a great deal. Coach Foote helps him out a great deal. When he's by himself, it's harder. When he's around the team, I think it energizes him some and pushes him forward to move on, and you can appreciate that about him. As a coach, all you can do is feel for him and try to be there for him when he's ready to talk. And knowing what we knew about what he was going through, I mean, I feel like his game would have been incredible regardless. But then to know that, just tell us your thoughts on his performance and what that says about him as a person and as a player that he was able to come out and play the way he did. I thought he was very active. He had a lot of production for us. Uh, there was even a couple more times he was free getting a sack and the ball was coming out. But he plays with energy like that. Everybody else just piggybacks and rides on his, his, his coattails because he can be a force. And tell us what he did so well on the sacks and the, and the forced fumble and, and just how exciting it was for the defense to, to finally produce that elusive turnover you'd been waiting a few games for. Well, we need more than that, but, you know, he, he got after the quarterback. He ran the stunts well. He ran the games well. He has great acceleration. When he saw Geno break the pocket, we talk about punching the ball out all the time. Uh, he saw an opportunity. He took advantage of it. And, you know, he's one of our better playmakers. And the same way we talked about the success you guys had on third down offensively, uh, third down defensively held them to one of nine. Uh, that's that's got to be music to your ears. And what did you think specifically on third down you guys were doing so well? I thought they disguised well. I thought they understood what they were trying to do, you know, and they executed very well for the most part. That, that's that been big the last two weeks for us. We can get up people off the field and get them in third and longer yardage and get off the field and give our offense a chance. That That helps us out a great deal. Yeah, I felt like we got a little taste of mad scientist Todd Bowles when I saw at least one play where all of a sudden the outside linebackers and the inside are switching spots, and then you're taking the outside guys up the middle. You're doing some trickery. Ah, uh, smoke and mirrors. Sometimes <laughs> it's smoke and mirrors. It's not what it's cracked up to be. Well, come but, on, we're trying to know. give you credit here. You know, we're trying to give you credit for your smoke mad scientist. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> only if they work. You know, only if they work. I, I think with Avery and Joe out there, we were more athletic, so we were able to do certain things that we wouldn't have been able to do if it was just uh, Carl and maybe Hicks out there. We can't do that with Nacho and Will out there, but certain guys and certain times we can take advantage of things. We try to show some misdirection or show some disguise to try to 
offset some of the things they're trying to do. And speaking of Joe Tryon-Shrinka, do you feel like this was one of, if not his best game potentially since he's been here? I think he was active. I think he's had a better game or two there, but we need him to be this active. He has the ability to do what Devin's doing from an outside backer standpoint. We just need more of that. And he's starting to come into his own and he's getting better week by week. We just need to see him turn it loose for four quarters. And Jamel Dean taking on DK Metcalf, that's not an easy assignment for anybody. Um, how did you feel he handled that matchup and then just his game overall? DK's tough because he's not only fast, but he's big and strong. You know, he has the strength of a tight end. I thought Dean did a good job competing. You know, he, he hung in there on everything. He didn't give up a touchdown. He slipped a few times, but for the most part, I thought he held his own. I was proud of him. I know that you were able to have Antoine Winfield, you know, back in the lineup and then saw that Sean Murphy Bunting still taking some reps at nickel. What was some of the decision making on how and when you used those guys? Well, he's just coming off a concussion, so you don't really want him up there in the action. So we wanted him back patrolling the middle a little more. He's our best middle field player as well. We wanted to make sure we had some short tackling if number nine got out of there. And we were playing a little more, more man coverage, so Sean was more adequate to handle the slot. And Sean did a great job last week as well. So we kind of went with that lineup, and we'll see what we go with after the bye week. What did you think of the overall experience and atmosphere of playing the game in Germany? I know that sometimes the season can become a bit of a um, repetitive nature. And d did it feel like this was something that that changed the feeling at the midway point to go do something a little bit unique and, and different in that way? I don't know if it changed the feeling, but going out there we thought it was tough, but once we got there it was a really nice place. I thought the crowd and the people were outstanding and they yelled and screamed all the way through, so it, it got everyone's energy up and I thought that was a big deal to play out there and to play the way we did with the crowd like that I thought was important for us. You mentioned that you'd played in Germany. I mean, it was a preseason game, so definitely different in that sense. But what does it feel like has maybe changed since then in terms of the reception and just in the enthusiasm that the fans have over there? If you think back to when you played, to the experience now, and just what that was like. I think because the game has expanded so much worldwide, I think they're more knowledgeable about things and they understand things a little bit more. So. Even the crowd was into it. It was like a college crowd, you know. It was like a college crowd, even though they did John Denver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did John Denver, and they did the wave, and they did everything else. I thought the crowd was exciting. That got everybody going. What was your favorite part of the experience, and obviously other than just getting a win? For you, what do you think? Because I knew that's what you were going to say. See, this is, how I, this is how I sneak you into getting something else. Um, for you, looking at just this as a experience for you, even as a coach, what will the things be that you remember from an experience like this? Ooh, they had good pretzels. <laughs> yes, that's just right below getting they the They had good you know? pretzels, and I, I thought the people were very nice. I, I, I could have swore when I went to Berlin, all the steering wheels were on the right, and the left <laughs> side of the road was the right side of the road. And then when I got there this time, it was normal, just like back in the States, and I was kind of baffled a little bit. <laughs> so maybe that's changed. Maybe I'm delirious, but... <laughs> You know, just going out there as a whole, experience in another country and playing in another stadium. I thought the soccer stadium was big and the practice stadium was outstanding. I've seen it on TV, but never live and in person like that. For them to embrace our game when they're really a soccer type of team, stadium, country, it was very important. I thought they, I thought they were more than generous. I think that was something special. 
You talked about the team coming out with so much energy. How did you think the team overall handled just the difficulty of a trip like this, that whether it is the long flight, lack of sleep, the change of habits of what they typically do, what did you see about why you think the team was able to handle this as well as, as they did? They did a good job adjusting. You know, they handled their bodies throughout the week. We talked about it all week. We tried to give them as much rest as they could physically. So, you know, when it came to go out there, they were mentally and physically ready to play. I thought they got their sleep caught up between Friday night and Saturday night. They came out that way. I thought the leaders and the veterans on the team did a good job of leading the younger guys and, you know, they performed well. So now going into the bye week, which I'm sure is very welcome after a long trip like that, uh, how well timed does it seem like this is for the team right now and, and in terms of the health and, and just where you guys feel like you're at momentum-wise? Is it, is it nice to have a break to, to get healthy or is it do you almost wish because things are rolling well that you had another game this week? I think we need the break. You know, we went 10 straight weeks, not counting the preseason. I think it's important for us to be healthy during the stretch run when we come back. So I think it came right on time. How do you and the other coaches uh, try to use the bye week that we know for players a lot of it is rest and then what do you guys do in terms of when you start game planning for the next team and, and do you do a lot of self-scouting? Do you feel like you already did a lot of that with the mini bye after the Thursday game recently? We do self-scouting and we prepare for Cleveland. Obviously not as much, it's not as crammed all into one spot so you can work a half a day and get out and then you can come back and work another half a day. So we'll look at Cleveland. We'll look at some things we can do better. Obviously, still, we're still self-scouting every week, and we'll get started on Cleveland early so we're not cramming into it come next week when the players get back. So I know that you haven't really begun that prep yet, but high level looking at this Cleveland team, um, we know that there's been a lot of stories about them this year that they are not what we maybe thought they were going to be based on the quarterback change. So um, high level, just some of the biggest things that you guys are going to have to be on the lookout for on each side of the ball from them. Offensively, Nick Chubb, obviously one of the best running teams in the league, may have one of the best backs in the league and one of the best offensive lines. Not to mean they cannot throw with Amari Cooper out there. Defensively starts with Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. They have very athletic guys. They have ball hawk guys in the secondary, and they can get after the passer. So it's going to be a big challenge for us because they're going to put a lot of pressure on us. Is it exciting for you as a coach who does like to, as you put it earlier, use the smoke and mirrors to have more time to prepare for a team like this? Do you feel like it lets you kind of bust out all the stops a little bit more? I think I work better with less time. <laughs> you know, the more time, the more stuff you come up with, you drive yourself crazy. So I, I, I kind of like less time. It doesn't matter if it's not effective. Sometimes you just got to let guys go. You can get in your own head if you're not careful. So I got to be careful when I come up with things. The coaches will talk me out of some things. I'll talk myself out of some things and just make sure we're doing the right things come game time. And knowing the bye week is kind of a time for reflection, looking at this first 10-game stretch, um, what would be the high-level picture of what you've seen of who this team has been and who the team could be moving forward? I think we started slow. Even with the two wins in the first two games, we started slowly. Uh, we struggled a little bit with adversity in the three games after that. I think they fought through it. I think they worked hard. I think they put their heads down. And I think they understand what it takes. So going forward, hopefully we're the same team that we were in Germany going forward for the last seven weeks of the season. What would be one area that you would most want to see improvement in or growth in that maybe or that already kind of happened these last couple games, but moving forward to the, the last seven games of the season, what would you want to see the most area of growth? 
The third downs on both sides being number one, obviously continually running the football with some success, uh, getting touchdowns in the red zone and preventing touchdowns in the red zone, and our kicker putting it in the end zone every time. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Coach, and congratulations on that win. Hope you enjoy that much-deserved uh, time off in the bye week. Will do, Case. This has been Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Coming up next, we're going to have quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. This is brought to you by Advent Health, Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gut. Matt Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White. Linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. The first half we had head coach Todd Bowles, and now I am so excited to be joined by our quarterback coach, Clyde Christensen. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, good to be here. Good and to be with you. Again, I mean, after a no sleep, uh, very much appreciate you taking the time, but at least we got the W for you to talk we about. We did get a W, and it was really, really a great football experience, so... Bunch of fun. I think everyone's still a little bit flying high from just the whole football experience and the win. And uh, and I was fortunate enough I did sleep well on the plane coming nice. home, so I feel pretty good. You're, you're ready to rock and roll. Well, and tell me what has um, this win and, and maybe the last two meant to this team. What could you feel about the way that the locker room, the plane, everything felt after having that three-game losing streak to then having two big experiences in terms of a game-winning drive and something as special as Germany. Yeah, I think they were two really good NFC opponents and for us to come off the three-game losing streak and it was really important for us to just get a win. You get you kind of are on those streaks and then you, you you don't care what it looks like, you don't care what the stats are, just find a way to win and for us to win that Ram game and they'd kind of been a nemesis you know, through the last couple of years since we've been here. And uh, so that was just, that, that one felt a little bit freeing and kind of getting a monkey off our back. And and then, you know, we, play, we played a lot better. We're improving, you know. I think it's one of those things where, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we all say the same thing, but the process is so important to us and uh, how we're doing things and, and just making sure we're getting better and doing some of the critical things better and well, you know, and we're starting to do that. We're not there all the way yet, but uh, we're starting to. We had had so many distractions, injuries, uh, miscellaneous going on in the beginning. I just think we ne- we didn't we didn't hit a groove. We never really got got it in the slot and uh, and uh, and rolling. And, and uh, so it's it's been hard. It's been hard to just kind of balance things up and try and get on a little bit of a roll. But I think winning those two games, they were huge NFC wins. Now you got the off week. We'll get a chance to regroup. We'll get a little bit healthier. You know, Julio coming back gave us a lift. Um, and I think just mentally for this team, you know, it's been such a hard slog, if you will, mm-hmm. that uh, just mentally just to, to go get away, sometimes getting away as a team and flying as a team. It was fun seeing the guys interact and coming home last night, seeing them in Germany where you're kind of, it's just us and, mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, you, you have a bonding to it. So there's a, there's a huge positive to that that I think that, you know, that maybe you it's hard to measure, but it, you just know it is. And uh, so I think it, it couldn't fall better for us. And now we're in the second half of the season. We'll have some rest, some momentum. And uh, I, I would hope that we go on a good run here and play some good football. Yeah, and especially I know that situational football had been something you guys had talked so much about, and particularly for the offensive side of things, third down and red zone. Yeah. And then this game, um, you guys were, t- I think, 10 of 15 and third down and then two of three in the red zone trip. So what felt like it had not been working as well in those areas and then what seemed to switch and click now? Yeah, they just, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you 
you don't can't put your finger on it. We just didn't convert them. They're 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 the they're fine margins on those third downs because everything's tight coverage. The rush is coming, and there's sometimes it's it's really inches whether you have a really good third down day or a really poor one. And the third and one's a good one. You know that we were really struggling on third and one. Who knows why? And you sometimes you gain a yard and a quarter, and sometimes you gain three quarters of a yard, and and the difference is is minuscule. And uh, so over there, I think we just made plays. I think we've been kind of gaining some momentum of playing together, getting Julio playing a couple straight weeks. And, you know, it's hard when the margins get tight and you're playing with different people every single week and a different center. And, you know, I, re I really believe that Hainsey and some of those guys who are filling in for starters or in the offensive line are, you know, they're they're not new guys anymore. They're, they're our starters. They're our they're our line, you know, and uh, whereas maybe for those first eight weeks of the year, they're, you know, they're filling in for Ryan Jensen. They're filling in for this or, you know, they're getting their first start here. And uh, and, I, and I think that, you know, I think they're going into the second half. There are no rookies. There are no, you know, he's filling in for. There's just, you're in there. Let's go. And uh, and uh, and I think, that'll, I think that's going to help. And I think that's part of the reason in answer to your question that third down and red zone was a little better. There was more continuity. We've been, this group has been practicing and playing together a little bit more and uh, just time on task. Absolutely. We're talking to quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. You brought up the offensive line. Tell me how you and Brady have been working on that this year, when those changes happened, how that affects him, how you guys work through some of that stuff in terms of getting him the you know chemistry with those new guys, especially when it is the ones right there in the interior and especially the center. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's just time on task. You get especially when you switch out of center. You switch out of center, and that's that's kind of your your kind of go-to guy, your security blanket, if you will. And uh, and so we've worked extremely hard. Tom does a great job of meeting with those guys alone, even when it's not an official meeting, and calling a meeting here, having a little extra walkthrough here or there, and uh, watching film with those guys. And uh, and they've been they've been terrific. But it does you know it's the two three interior guys and not only communicating with Tom, but those tackles depend on those interior people to communicate the message out to them. And uh, so you got two veteran tackles, but you got a new guy inside of them who has to pass it along, so to speak. And and uh, there's a lot of that goes into just playing side by side for a long time, like Allie playing with Donovan. They, they did that for a long time. They knew the calls. They knew what they wanted to do. They knew what a double team felt like, who was coming off on the linebacker on the second level, and all of a sudden you kind of got a new partner, if you will, and, uh, and, and, it, and it just changes something. And, and so I think, again, there's no shortcut to, to getting that. And then now you switch out all three at the same time. We were hoping that it was two new guards, and we had Ryan inside who was a veteran guy, mm -hmm. and then the two veterans outside, so we felt like, it, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you lost Ryan and, and – uh, Hainsey got thrown in there, and and uh, so it it was uh, it was no small thing, and and uh, and we did have some struggles. We didn't we didn't do it as well as we could, and uh, but Tom's outstanding with it, and I'm amazed at how quick those guys. It doesn't throw them for a loop. Sometimes it throws me for a loop, like you know, like the sky's falling, and yeah. you know we're never going to recover from this or that, and uh, and uh, you know I think some of these quarterbacks are so good at just okay, hey, you know we'll be fine, we'll mm -hmm. be fine, you know, and. Uh, in fact, Tom, one time, I, I think he was 
in, in a in a good way. I was you know talking about all the bad things that had happened. And he goes, you know, hey, you know, but I, like you still have me, you, you know, you still <laughs> have is, me, you know. It's a pretty I, good one. That always so a lot that was bad. a good reminder, and he wasn't saying it in he was saying it in a funny way, yeah, but you yeah. know, like hey, you know, I'm not chocolate like you. Yeah. you do have me, and uh, so. <laughs> So uh, sometimes you do need that reminder, and uh, so we still have an awful lot of good veteran players. And, mm -hmm. and I do think, I, I just believe this week off is going to be great, and this team's going to come together, and we're going to make a little run at it and have some fun again in, in, uh, in the new year. Yeah, you brought up uh, Julio being back, and he got his first touchdown as a buck this last game. Chris Godwin got his first one since being back from an ACL. It's interesting how there are a lot of pieces that are the same from you know the last couple of years, but then there are a lot of new pieces on the offense, and I'd love to hear how it has been working on the chemistry for Brady and you know getting to know Julio, yeah. Russell Gage, Kate Otten, Rashad White, a lot of these new pieces. What have been the things you've seen about how you guys have gone about that and where the chemistry is at with a lot of those new pieces now. Yeah, I think I think it's been hard. It's been really hard, and I think it's not the reason for our struggles early, but it certainly has made it more difficult to get into a rhythm. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys, uh, Russell's missed a lot of practice. Julio missed a good stretch after after that opening there in Dallas and, and that's those early games. And, and it's just hard to get the chemistry if you're not practicing together. So we've just stressed practicing together. There's no other way to do it but just to get snaps together. We've uh, Coach Bowles and and, uh, and Tom really made a good decision, I think, to make put some more competition back into our practice the last couple of weeks just because for a quarterback, a walkthrough doesn't help us as much, you know, for – for for you for me to watch Russell try and run around on you and you're both jogging and yeah. you know you don't get timing you know you really have to have to feel him getting pressed and you know rerouted and redirected and slung around and how's he going to come out of it and how you know so all those things you know you just ha you can't get him half speed you can't get him on a chalkboard you you sure can't get him in a locker room you just mm -hmm. you got to get him and so the last few weeks we've tried to incorporate a little more competition into our practices where we see guys at game speed you know that that's that's the important thing what's it look like at game speed how do you react in game speed how's Hainsey at game speed he may be great in the walkthroughs you know how about when they start shifting all over the place and all the German population screaming and yelling and they're singing their songs and no one can hear anything and you know that that those are the ones that you know that you just gotta somehow come as close as you can to simulate and when we were a veteran team that wasn't as important but we've had to kind of retrace it a little bit and say, hey, let's let's create some more of those tough situations for us and uh, where we can get to know each other a little bit. What have you learned about what Brady likes in a receiver or you know anyone that he is throwing the ball to or expects of them? What what have you seen about the the trait that makes you an ideal weapon for Tom Brady? Yeah, I think you know he. I think. Without question, like he, he likes quick guys. He likes you to be moving quick. He likes you to be going full speed. He has trouble with. He's just the, trying to live vicariously. Yeah. He just wants to know what that. There would you feel go. Like, you know? That's that's exactly <laughs> right. And uh, he caused Lenny an interception yesterday, falling down. But but no, I, I think the big thing is you know he, you know like everyone likes the same thing. You like dependable guys. You like to know that they're going to be open where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there and catch it when the ball gets there. And uh, I don't think any quarterback would feel differently. His special preferences, he's always loved those little twitchy guys inside the Wes Welkers, the Amendolas of the world. You know, he, he loves those little twitchy guys that kind of work in there off linebackers. And, and uh, you know, so 
Chris Godwin's. And so, so I, I think he loves our guys when they're healthy. I think he's just been frustrated that, like everybody, that, gosh, you know, I just think we should be rolling now and we just can't get all our guys on the field at the same time. And, uh, you know, and, and we've got such good guys. And, and, and so I think he's just had a, a level of frustration with it that, you know, not that he was dissatisfied with the guys who play, but you just don't get any continuity. They don't yeah. work together. And, and, uh, and I think it's the same for the play caller, you know, who's going to be in there. It's hard to make up your game plan when all of a sudden you don't know, hey, is, mm-hmm. is Julio playing, you know, and it's Thursday afternoon and he, has, he didn't practice. Well, do you make, set up plays for him and then all of a sudden he doesn't make it or he does make it and you mm-hmm. don't have enough set up for him? So the whole thing kind of gets out of whack just when you're not positive of who's going to be in there and what they're doing. Absolutely, and, and you brought up the uh, the interception in the game. Uh, tell me your thoughts on Brady as a wide receiver. You know, this uh, is this a potential career move for him. Yeah, I think it, I think it was confirmation that uh, you know that uh, we, I was I was maybe hoping he was a better athlete than I thought he was, but <laughs> he's exactly what we thought. How's that? So yeah, if uh, he'd only given us twenty three years of experience to, to know. <laughs> Lenny and I reminded him on the back of the bus in Germany, though, that you know, like if if Lenny slipped and fell and a ball got intercepted that Lenny could have knocked that way and it would save us an interception. Mm. You know, Tom would have been pretty hot. So yes. I think Lenny has a right to <laughs> right to be mad that uh, Tom this, cost this him an staff. interception. So That's incredible. All right, well, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with quarterback coach Clyde Christensen, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks insider Casey Phillips, brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access with quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. Um, tell me just overall now, I feel like the bye week is kind of a good time to do some reflection on, on the season to this point. I know that's a lot of what you guys as coaches do during that time, a little self-scouting, looking at it. So what would you say about specifically Brady's season to this point? You know, and I, I feel like we can look at it two ways. Of One is looking at it as, oh my gosh, what a 45-year-old is doing, or looking yeah. at it just as, the Tom Brady we've always come to expect and, and what has gone well for him, what you guys are still working on and striving for in this back half of the season. Yeah, I think I think somewhere in between that he he's he has not played bad. He's you know, he, he's not turned the ball over. I think we went five weeks without a turnover on the offense and you know, all some of the cliches kinda of went down the tube that we, we, we didn't turn the ball over and we didn't win, you know, yeah. which Usually they're tied so closely mm-hmm. together, but he's thrown the ball extremely well. He stayed healthy. I think he's. I think he's really had a good, solid year. We we just haven't had enough snaps for anybody. You know, there's no, there's not enough snaps for numbers. You're you're playing bad on third down. So now all of a sudden you look up and you have a 55, 58 snap game, and no one gets enough touches. You know, mm-hmm. the running backs don't get enough touches. Tom doesn't get enough throws. Uh, can't get the ball to Mike Evans enough. You know, like there's just not enough snaps to get done and put up the prolific numbers that we've kind of ex- come to expect. But I think, you know, you, 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 people sometimes hit me with, you know, like, oh, gosh, he's a little bit off. And I, yeah, not exactly. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's just kept things going when things could have been in disarray and could have folded. And instead, now we're on a little two-game winning streak. We're back to 500. We're at the top of the league by two, top of the division by two games. And, and we've got some optimism and stuff. So that's no small thing for a quarterback because it all ends up falling on his shoulders, you know. And I think that that's one of the hard things. When things are going bad, it falls on the quarterback, and, and rightfully so in a lot of t- ways. But, you know, don't miss just silent, slowly and kind of quietly. He's just kept his team in it, going forward, and, uh, 
and um, and I think we'll be around at the end of this thing. I'll be shocked if we're not around. But for him, he he stayed healthy. He's thrown it unbelievably well, and I think we you know his numbers are are fine. They're down a little bit, but they're they're good numbers. There's just not enough snaps. There's not enough there's not enough throws. There's not enough third down conversion. There's not enough you know touchdowns because we just haven't been in the red been in the red zone probably half what we were last year at this time. So there's just less opportunity to put up gaudy numbers. Right. But on the, the things from a coaching standpoint, really, really pleased with how he's playing and feel like we could just take off at any second and, and get hot and this thing could could uh, really gain some momentum. What have you seen from uh, his arm strength standpoint of at this point, especially at 45, which I feel like we, for the last, I don't know, 10 years, everyone's been saying, is this the year that Brady falls yeah, off? Is this yeah. the year the arm this strength is, goes this away? Is, this isn't the year. This is obviously. not the year. Yeah, this so is the, not the year. The I think arm yeah. strength and then how often he has had to throw already at this age. Do you feel like there's anything where you guys need to watch that at all? I mean, I feel like pitch count is sometimes a word that gets thrown around in football as well. Or do you feel like, based on his arm strength and what he's doing, that he can still sling it however many times this offense needs? He, uh, the latter. The latter of what you said. I think he's, he's, he's playing as good as he ever has. I think he's improving. I, I think he's improving. And, you know, again, not to sound like a coaching cliche here again, but, you know, you practice, you work hard at what you do, you tend to improve. And that goes for 45-year-olds as well, and, and I think he continues to improve. He's throwing the ball at a high, high, high level. It's, I see no, you know, I remember when we started looking at him and everyone's going, well, he can't throw the deep ball. He'll never fit in Coach Arians' offense. You know, his arm's going, and, you know, just the film didn't say that. The film said that they didn't throw as many deep balls and they didn't have as good a receiving core there in his last year at New England as maybe they'd had in the past, and it just didn't show that. And, and sure enough, since we've been here, I, he, he loves throwing the deep ball. He's got a strong, strong arm. He's been extremely accurate with his deep balls. And uh, and uh, so, no, I, I think he's playing really, really good football. And if if all of a sudden we get this thing shifted into one of those higher gears, I think we could really go. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to get up to that speed. And and uh, But but I think he's and, – and he's – we've rest him. We selectively rest him. He doesn't like to rest. He really – he's kind of an interesting guy that, you know, like he always wants to end individual with – some deep, deep, deep balls, and I remember just kind of going even on Friday or Fridays when I'm trying to rest his down, arm, yeah. and then he's going, "Well, let's end with a couple deep ones." I go, well, "That's just, you know, yeah. we've had a big week, and let's let's just." And but he always wants to end with that, and that's just kind of his philosophy of training. That you know, mm-hmm. if you're going to ask your arm to throw deep and to you know to throw with velocity, you better tired, yeah. you better do it in all week. And uh, I do. I remember the thought going through my mind, you know, as he's launching. 65 yarders on wow. Friday afternoon going, yeah, that'll be my legacy. You know, that, uh, you know, Tom's arm comes out of the socket and they're going, what were you throwing, <laughs> you know, coach allow here? what were you having a, a max distance day yeah. on a Friday afternoon before a game with a 45 year old? And uh, so I, I tease him that, you know, I thought he was trying to run me out of the league or, or something, but uh, he, he, he thrives on it. And now, you know, you kind of learn and see what they love to do. And you, you see him before the game, you know, that he's going to launch a couple deep ones. He, He's, we constantly work on those, and uh, and uh, so yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. I, I, it's amazing. I think all of us wait and look and say sometime Father Time has to catch up, but. They're, they're, beat, they're beating them right now. They're, <laughs> they're beating them bad right now. That's amazing. We're talking to quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. Um, I have to imagine that it's a unique position to be coaching someone who has basically seen everything at this point, who has been in the league for this long what are the unique 
challenges and rewards of that as, as a coach to be trying to coach someone who already does it at such a high level, knows so much? What is it that you as a coach try to bring to him and to that that would potentially be different than if you're coaching a rookie or a younger guy? Yeah, I think uh, a couple things. One is they want to improve. They're, you know, the reason they are who they are, what reason he is who he is, is he wants to improve. So he's always looking to improve. He's never, ever looking to get by and slide by on the easy side. He, he wants to improve. He wants to be coached. And, uh, and so I think, you know, again, you're, you know, maybe with a rookie or a Carl Trask, you're looking, Kyle Trask, you're looking for a, you know, 50% improvement in a year. Here you're looking for 1% or you're looking just to get them healthy and really hitting on all cylinders and not as much improvement as making sure that I always, I always use the example that, you know, like I kind of think I'm kind of the, the stable guy who has to just, just get the derby horse yeah. to the track, you know, yeah. all that goes into that, which isn't, isn't small, but get, mm-hmm. get the thoroughbred to the track and then they do what they do. And, yeah. uh, but that, that's not a small job. It's not insignificant. It's not easy. And, uh, but it's, you know, that's kind of how I view these high performing guys that, Hey, you know, that let's, you know, and I think, I think the other thing that I love about him is that he's still, he just, he gets a kick out of everything. You know, that he said after the game, we, we were just kind of celebrating a victory. He said, man, I think that's one of the really fun football experiences I've ever had. I think he said in his presser and, uh, you know, that there's a, he's a guy who gets a kick out of it still. He loves seeing guys do well. He loves winning a football game. He loves, you know, he loves everything about it. You know, the bus rides and, you know, you would think at this point in his career, you're just dread a bus ride or you dread a road trip and he kind of embraces it and and just loves it and uh so he's really really fun to be around that way and it makes you you know it gives you a ch- it gives you a chance to have a really good atmosphere and and um and he, so we, we, we he's special really really special that way and i know that um you know, with him, anything about him becomes a huge story because of just his high profileness. But I've seen there have been several players this season that have gone through personal things. It's Devin White's losing mm-hmm. his dad, and it's Kate Otten and his mom, and then we've seen with Brady and, and his personal life. So what is your role in your mind of how do you approach that when a player is going through things off the field? And, you know, as you guys, as coaches, what, what is your role in that moment? Because I think we always associate you guys with, you know, the X's and O's, but I know yeah. that you try to be a lot more than that. No, I think that that's a large part of the job, kind of what I said, just getting them to the track. And you never know what it's going to be, you know. You never, you never know what's coming down the road. Is it a nagging injury? Is it a sore arm? Is it, you know, something at home? Is it, you know... And, uh, and so I think that's a large part of my job. And I think probably if you ask me my philosophy, it would be that just to, just to be a safe place, you know, that, hey, that, you know, that there, there's a place where, you, you know, that, that hey, you're going to try and understand. I try and understand as best I can. I try and put thought into it, make sure they know you care about them. And, uh, and you know, there were some times in training camp again where, you know, where, where he had to take care of some personal business and just given you know, not treating everyone just exactly the same, but just that you care and, hey, you know, let's get done what you need to get done and we'll get you where you need to go and whatever that looks like and then working that balance. But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, those guys are, you know, they're young men, not so medium-aged men in Tr- his case. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you just, you, 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 I care about them winning everywhere. I, I really do want them to win in all phases of their life. So it's always been more than football for me. The football is really, really important. It's not life, and it and it really, really is important to me to see them be successful and and win in in 
way beyond the football field and way longer, you know, that uh, it's always fun for me to run into someone's kids or run into an ex-player, you know, the Mike Alls, you know, and just, you know, and just see them doing well, see them, see them doing well. That, that's, that's, I get a big, I get as much of a kick out of that as, as I do, you know, a touchdown pass present day, so. That's awesome. I love that. Well, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with quarterback coach Clyde Christensen brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues brought to you by Advent Health. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access with quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your backups and you know, as much as I know everybody knows you as the coach of Tom Brady, you got a couple other guys in that room that you're also working with. We really got a great room. Uh, it, it is really good football wise and it's, and, uh, and they're really good guys and they work together and you know you, you, you never understand how much Gabbert and Griff and Trask do to help Brady and to help the team and to help the receiver room and to, and to you know whether it's atmosphere and and just kind of the culture of the thing or it's grinding through looking for a trick play off of a play or finding a finding an idea somewhere in the league and a big play tape around the league. So they work extremely hard hours, long hours, and uh, do a lot of behind the scenes thing. And, uh, and, uh, and then they, you know, they, they, they would tell you that, uh, I, I escaped to the press box there, but they, they got a full-time job keeping our man settled down there on the sidelines. So that's, that's not always a lot of fun either, but, uh, I think yeah, they when do, tablets are being thrown, you they, know. They, you gotta, they, they do it. They you're in the do, line of fire. <laughs> they do a great job with that, and uh, and and I think I think Tom would echo that. That you know he knows they care about him, and and uh, they got really a neat friendship and professional relationship. Yeah, how about Blaine specifically? What does he bring in terms of being a backup of a helping? Brady be ready, but then if he were called upon to yeah. go in the game, what are his big assets at this point, having been a veteran in, in this league as long as he has? Yeah, I think experience, you know, that he's been a starter in this league. He's been a first-round draft pick in this league. He understands a lot of the pressures that, you know, that the the, the starter goes through, and, uh, and I, he gives us a level of experience that I really believe that I hope it doesn't come up, but if he had to go a stretch that I really believe that, you know, you, you always... That, that guy, you just want to feel like he still got a chance to win, you know, and, you, you know, a lot of teams, your backup goes in for five weeks and you go, our season's over, we're not, you know, we're out of the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I think if that happened, and I, and I trust and pray it won't, but that, that we would have a chance to go win the Super Bowl with him too, you know, that that's how quality a backup he is and, and how he can throw a football with the best of them and he's got some experience and he's extremely, extremely smart and he does a great job staying ready. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do mentally and because uh, it'd be easy to say, you know, why would I prepare this Tuesday, week 11? Tom hasn't been hurt in 100 years yeah. and he's, he's, a, he's a very good, mature guy that, that, that makes you feel really secure that we're gonna we're gonna be there in when, in January and February when when things get tight we're gonna be there one way or the other. Yeah, and and Kyle Trask, I know a lot of rabid Florida fans are always wanting to know yeah. how he's looking. And what have you seen about his progress? And and what are the pros and cons of the situation he's in in terms of developing him? Good. Yeah, the pro pros are one thing we did rep him. We repped him heavy in the off season. Tom doesn't need a bunch of off season reps, so we got him a ton of reps in the off season, knowing he wouldn't get money into fall, spring. In training camp, he got a ton of reps. We got a good look at him. He got better and got some experience. Now during the season, it's always you know 
I always have to justify it that the trade-off is you're you're getting a Masters just watching Tom play. Now, I would also say, gosh, it's hard to get better if you're not getting reps and not getting practice time. And uh, and so I think that part's, that part's hard. But he does a good job. He's a consistent guy. Anyone who knows him, he's a extremely even keel guy who just comes in here, rolls in and does his work. And, uh, you know, he knows his role. He takes the kidding that makes the room pleasant. You can laugh and just continuity wise and stuff. And I don't know if any, you know, you just, there's nothing worse than having like one guy who just is miserable and makes everybody miserable and doesn't fit in and can't take a joke and laugh at himself. And, and, uh, our room's really good that way that I think, I think that's been great for, I think Tom would echo the same thing that, you know, I would tell you, me personally, after all these years, I love going to a quarterback meeting. I enjoy those guys. They make me better. You know, they test and and there's a and there's a, a level of fun and joy and playfulness to it that you know it still is a football game. It's still to be enjoyed. They still get a kick out of going out and just competing and and uh, so they, they they they've made it really a lot of fun. And I think everyone contributes in their own way. Same with Tom, right? Tom could be put himself out in a you know on a different place or, or above everybody, and he's just one of the guys. And they ride him, and they fight him, and you know he swears I try and cheat him because of a New England Indianapolis rivalry <laughs> for all those years. So he thinks I'm not pulling for him, and you know that I love Peyton and Andrew Luck so much better than him. <laughs> and uh, so we we have we have a blast in there, and. Uh, and it's a good, good, good atmosphere, and those guys, and they work when you got to work, and that's that's the maturity of the room. That you know, when you work, you work, and when you play, you play, and and uh, and we we've got a really a good chemistry in there. That's amazing. Well, Coach, thank you again so much for your time and for this awesome information. It has been truly a pleasure getting to talk to you, and uh, I hope you enjoy your bye week. I'm going to enjoy this bye week. I promise you. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks to all of you guys for being with us. This has been Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.